We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Stephen. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia, Stephen. To hell with Georgia. At that answer is the same in the summer as it is during the school year. Absolutely. Doesn't change. Absolutely. Stay consistent. Yeah, amen. Uh, we said at the end of the last show that uh, we may not be coming to you every week. This is the first example of that. It's been a few weeks, a little over two. We were going to record a show. Actually, there is a long-lost episode. Hopefully, one day it'll be long-lost. We recorded a show, and then we decided not to air it because the Georgia Tech golf program was right in the middle of the NTA, and we said, well, let's see how they finish up. I'm glad we waited because there's a lot more to talk about. They did very well. But we're going to talk about the golf team. We're going to talk about football, baseball, basketball. But I wanted to start the show with a little bit of kind of off-the-cuff stuff. Before we even get to that, we do need to start with something very important that we said we would acknowledge. Let me give that to you, Joshua. As usual, we need to acknowledge a Tech alum and what he is doing. Well, I mean, we we buried the lead as we normally do with with him. Roman Reigns has hit 1,000 days as WWE Undisputed Universal Galactic Champion. I added the galactic, but it's still a mouthful to say. Uh, Roman Reigns has had a thousand days in his reign. He was gifted a new belt, which is Georgia Tech colors. There's a lot of gold in there. I'm not saying that it's intentional, but it definitely is is poetic. Um, he was then, you know, certainly looks nicer than his blueberry jam belt. Yes, been carrying around. One hundred percent. He is going through a bit of family problems right now with his cousins, the Usos. They probably went to UGA. Uh, I don't think that they could even get. I mean, they do do the the DUI stuff that UGA players do. So, you know, the, nice. the third greatest rivalry in college football um, is the University of Georgia players and the Athens County Police Department. It is that's that's published by Barstool, by the way. Nice. So just saying. But yes, Roman Reigns, as we have frequently on this podcast, we acknowledge you. You the one, man. All right. Uh, the other I'm feeling oozy. Quite, quite, quite oozy. We are going to uh, give you a few different little tidbits at the beginning, before we get to golf, uh, we want to thank our reporter in the field, friend of show, Stacy, friend of show, Stacy, bringing us a couple of very good little pieces of information. We wanted to state that, uh, according to ramblingrec.com actually had this story, the student athletes GPA average across all sports rose this last year to 3.08. 84% or 64% of athletes had a 3.0 or higher. 50, I believe over 50% earned dean's list or faculty honors. And 86% of our student athletes are majoring in engineering, business, sciences, or computing. So no parks and rec degrees continue to be the case 
at the Institute of Technology uh, here in Georgia. Yes, so actually, we... Institute of Technology. I do want to mention that. There's a few too many football recruits out there that say, I've received an offer from Georgia Tech University. Get it right, guys. It's not that. It's not that. It's <laughs> it not that. It is the Georgia Institute of Technology. That's why it's called Georgia Tech. We, we can teach them if they'll come on campus and commit to us. Also, thought it was very funny. Stacy sent another little story that Carson Garrett who I believe is a finalist on the current season of Survivor. I will admit I've never, ever, ever watched an entire episode of Survivor. I get the show. It's been running forever. It's a good show, apparently. I've watched a couple, I've watched a couple seasons. Carson Garrett is a finalist. He is an aerospace engineering student. And it was reported, I believe, again, on Rambling Wreck or through Georgia Tech social media that... He is the youngest castaway on this season, the 44th season of Survivor. He used his Georgia Tech engineering skill set to design and 3D print Survivor puzzles to get ready for the show, and he's been known on this series, this season as one of the most prepared contestants of all time. So good luck to Carson Garrett. I don't know if the show's finished or how he finished. You can, you can at us or you can email us, joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. If you've got a good Carson Garrett story and you're a Survivor fan. So that's a little bit of uh, some different little things. One other piece of news, Joshua, that I wanted to bring up before we start talking about golf. That is that this podcast, What's the Good Word, has been featured on a top 10 list. Yes, we have made the, the classic sports writer top 10. Got a wonderful little email recognition from uh, Feedspot, Feedspot.com. And What's the Good Word has been selected as one of the top 10 Georgia Tech podcasts, according to Feedspot.com. So we can now say, I don't think it's an award. I guess it's a, we're a top 10 podcast, you know, because ranks, rankings don't really matter till the very end, I guess, but we'll take Next it. Next thing you know, we're going to be in a, in a redraft of all the Georgia Tech podcasts. <laughs> Well, just shout out to Feedspot.com. Uh, and thank, thank you for you. listening. Thank yeah. you for taking notice. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be on the top 10 list there. Absolutely. All right, let's get to the news. People don't want to hear about our accolades. They want to hear the accolades about the Georgia Tech men's golf team, which had had a great season, one of the best, went to the NCAA championships. On the individual side, Ross Steelman, Finished, I believe, overall, it was either second or third. Forgive me, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, he did fantastic. He actually had the lead heading into the final round. Had a little bit of a rough finish on the last two to three holes, but still finished very strong and very proud of him, and he should be proud of himself. He did a great job and played very well and finished in the top, uh, right at the top of of the field. But we really wanted to talk about the team event. Georgia Tech was one of four ACC teams to make it into the top eight quarterfinals. Georgia Tech in their opening round match against Pepperdine. It looked like it said, yes. Yeah, opening round match against Pepperdine was down 2-0. It's a it's a five match match play scenario. They were down 2-0 before storming back and won 3-2. The clincher was by freshman Hiroshi Tai, so kudos to him for closing out and getting us to the semifinals. 
Joshua, you and I got to watch the end of the semifinals. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, Georgia Tech faced UNC in the semifinals while Florida faced off against Florida State. Well, they were down again. I, I believe it was another come-from-behind victory. Uh, Georgia Tech definitely made this interesting. But, um, yeah, it was, it was great to watch. I'll be honest, I am not a foremost watcher of the sport of golf. It is not something I have ever really dabbled in. But match play is quite entertaining. I must. It's a lot better than you know watching them jump around all these random people on different holes. But yes, uh, the number five seed Tech was able to get past the Tar Heels. Um, it was quite quite a quite an experience, that is for sure. The Tar Heels won the first pairing of the match. Uh, Christo Lamprecht lost six and five, and then uh, Bartley Forrester and Connor Howe gave Tech the lead by earning points, uh, kind of winning their matches fairly handily, and then. Uh, Hiroshi Tai was facing Davis Ford and he, there was a grueling match and then, uh, unfortunately lost that match, but it was Ross Steelman who had, again, had not had a good end to his individual championship match, but that, those last three holes against North Carolina's Peter Fountain, fantastic ending to that match. He had some grueling putts. I mean, he just... He came in just battling and ended up winning that match. He was one up and just kind of kept him at bay. And so Ross Steelman, man, kudos to him. They they beat North Carolina and set up the finals. By the way, again, I don't know if you noticed that, Tech, North Carolina, and Florida State uh, playing Florida. So they ended up going to the national championship final match, first time they'd ever advanced to the to the finals and played Florida and Joshua, you and I actually got to watch that. Most of that we, we decided, Hey, let's, let's tune in. And so it was on, I believe ESPN two. I'm not sure, but uh, it was nationally televised. It, it was, sure. it was very good. And so unfortunately the jackets just didn't have enough as good as I saw them play down the stretch against UNC. They just never quite found that magic on the final day. It seems like they, I think they ran out of gas a little bit. They, they had hit so many great shots and it had had really battled to get to where they were towards the end. It just kind of Steelman and Ty and, you know, Forrester was the only one that won a match in the, in the Florida thing, but he, he sir tried to give it up. They went to what, 20 holes. They played two playoff holes and he could, he could have had it. He just smoked a really easy putt on, I believe the 17th to um to bring it to tie and that's why they had to go to the playoff and other than that Connor Howe didn't have a, a great ending to his Hiroshi tie was kind of up and down Steelman was down then he was up and then he was down again and and Steelman was in the last match and and that ended up not even being needed they went they basically lost three out of the first four uh, matches and ended up you know ended up dropping the national championship to Florida again it's the first time Georgia Tech before they did match play they would do a stroke play tournament. And Georgia Tech finished second, I believe, four times in their history. And so this was the first time under the match play format that that Tech had made the finals. Really wish we would have won that match, of course, as all Tech fans would wish. But very proud of how they played. Very proud. They were the fifth seed going in and won, again, the quarterfinal, semifinal match, even made it to the finals. So kudos to them for making it to the finals of the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. So, um, do we have we have we have 
more news to get to, right? Football. Let's get to football. We're getting to football. We're going to keep it quick on football. Obviously, it's the summer, so if there is a dead period in college sports or college football, this is it. But we do have a little wee bit of recruiting news. The first one I'm going to lead with is one that I have little to no information on other than Bryce Kuhn has said that it is so, and so I trust Bryce. Bryce is very plugged in. Bryce Kuhn, uh, today in our Discord group chat, made it known that Bryce Dobson, the freshman, the incoming freshman wide receiver from Brookwood High School, was no longer with the Jackets program. He was let out of his letter of intent and left the program penalty-free. Uh, when asked to elaborate on why it happened, he said, "Out of the private, for the sake of the privacy of the family, I'm not going to divulge what happened. We'll let that, you know, if they want to make it public, they can. So we don't know why, but I do know that, you know." Good luck to Bryce um, Dobson. Hope he finds success. And if there's anything negative that happened, uh, he has a, a peaceful rest of his life. So kudos and um, Godspeed, Bryce Dobson. Godspeed. Godspeed. Uh, the other piece of news is that Georgia Tech picked up a new player from the transfer portal. Ooh. Yes. The transfer portal was closed, but there were still some people, you know, um mingling around in there. And this guy has a very interesting story. So he goes by the name Justin Brown. He was a three-star wide receiver recruit at Mississippi State. He was part of the class of 2023, so he is an incoming freshman. But Stephen, he was allowed to leave Mississippi State because of the Mike Leach uh, tragedy. Mm -hmm. So because Mike Leach unfortunately passed away, a lot of the, I believe it was both the people on the team or at least the freshmen, were able to kind of transfer out scot-free if they wanted to, if they didn't really mess with it's, the new regime. It's a bad situation, but it's a very unique situation. Yes. When a coach passes, you let the players – it's almost like a grieving um, do-over in a way if they want to leave the program because they don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, so I, I, unfortunately, that was bad news, but so he will be he will be coming to Georgia Tech. He will be playing safety for Georgia Tech as opposed to wide receiver. So I'm assuming hmm. he played a lot of safety in high school after all a lot of kids go to both ways on their high school roster. Um, so glad to have you, Justin. Uh, thanks for picking Georgia Tech. You're going to get a great education and get some minutes on the field. Well done. Well done. Quickly, let's go to baseball news. And Joshua, I, I know there's a couple of games. I I'm going to ask a favor. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets went into the ACC. They qualified for the ACC tournament. They were going to play in pool play against North Carolina and Virginia, two of the top teams in the ACC. They were going to have to win, I believe, both of their pool play games in order to advance. It's not good news. I'm going to turn it over to you. You do not need to go too much in depth. Give us the results of those games, and then let's kind of wrap up the baseball season. Trust me, for my own sanity, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail. So to close out the season, their last three-game series after that loss to Mercer, they got swept by Virginia in at home. So we were in Atlanta and got swept 12-5, um, 10-6, and 8-7. So Virginia is obviously one of the better teams in the ACC. It is what it is. Not a, not a very encouraging result going into the ACC tournament play, and – Believe it or not, it would carry over. So in the first game of pool play, Georgia Tech lost 11-5 to to UNC. Another one of the better teams. Um, but, you know, considering Georgia Tech was one of the worst teams, they did get the short end of the stick in pool play. So after that loss to UNC, they really didn't have anything to play for. Um, there was really no way to get out of pool play at that point. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how that kind of stuff works. But that is what was said, so we're going with it. 
And it showed on the field in their last game against Virginia to close out the season. Georgia Tech lost 15 to 1. 15. Yeah. 2 1. So this team all year, while at times being very entertaining to watch because of their offense, you had to have pitching and you give up 11 runs to North Carolina and you you do score five, but you were going to need an outstanding pitching performance, which we didn't get. Clearly the Virginia game, you're playing out a string. This is the, the major league team that's out of it in September and is playing out the string. So you're playing out the string on one game. I, I think the pitchers they used are pitchers that, you know, freshmen, get, give them a chance, get them, get them a little action. I don't think our top-line starters were pitching in that second game for sure. And so you, you ended up going out on a whimper. There was a little coaching news. Why don't you cover yes. that real quick? So Danny Hall is keeping his job. Uh, he's been for there now. for – yeah, for now. Well, you have to assume if you have another season like this, it probably won't be for long. But he did get the um, the head coach. You can save your face by firing an assistant. And so he fired pitching coach Danny Burrell. Um, everything I've heard and seen hasn't necessarily been very successful at his job, considering Georgia Tech's pitching performance this year, both recruiting and developmental-wise. We just haven't seen a lot of progress from Tech. So he's the one that gets to fall on the sword for right now. Going to bring in a new pitching coach. When that happens, we'll have that for you, obviously. But as of now, no pitching coach for the Yellow Jackets. And and listen, again, the story of this team for the 2022-2023 season is they didn't have enough pitching. They weren't even close to having enough pitching. Boy, they had some hitting. They, they definitely scored a bunch of runs. Mm-hmm. And they were a little bit of a younger team with a lot of freshmen and sophomores. But they were a very senior-laden offensive lineup. So there's going to be some bats that have to be replaced. We're going to have to see who gets drafted uh, that were seniors and underclassmen that get drafted. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. I don't think that the best players on the team, the best hitters, are necessarily going to be going into the draft. We'll see what happens. I do know that reading um, Keith Law's articles about the draft and looking at MLB.com and the pipeline, none of the tech outfielders are listed. So – I don't know about Despina. He might end up being a senior sign, but I believe Reed and DeLeo have a chance to come back. Well, I believe Despina was a fifth-year senior. Yeah, so I'm so, assuming that he's going to get – he's probably going to be a later-round draft pick. Is sort of well, and I don't think he can come – I don't think he has any more college eligibility. Yeah, but DeLeo and Reed, I believe, yeah. have more college eligibility. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll talk about the baseball team at some point. Probably over this over the summer there will be some draft news we'll, we'll bring in. We'll see how that goes. So that brings us to the last topic, which will also be our little bit of our more in-depth topic, although I don't think there's a ton more to talk about. We do want to talk about the basketball program, and this is also one of the reasons we were waiting. And and when we recorded last week, it was going to be that we, we recorded on the day right before we thought it was going to become official official. We felt it was going to be official, but now then it became official. And now it's almost old news by now, but we wanted to wait and be sure of the future of Miles Kelly. So, Joshua, I will let you break the news that everybody already knows who's probably listening to this podcast. Yes, if you uh, follow Georgia Tech Athletics in any way, shape, or form, you know Miles Kelly will be returning to school for his junior year. Uh, he had put his name into the NBA draft pool. Uh, to get some feedback, was not invited to the NBA Combine. So the writing was kind of on the wall early. We had said a couple times on this podcast we assumed he would be back even before the Combine list came out. But after he was not invited to the Combine, it seemed like a bit of a 
open and shut case that he was coming back, and he will be coming back. So Georgia Tech has yet another returning player from last year's team. All right, so one of the things we wanted to do was it looks like the basketball team is now almost completely set up. It 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 looks like we've got – if there are any other roster spots – because the other one, and I don't think we mentioned this on I don't the last show. Actually so there's another it. little piece because we got an incoming freshman, a four-star power forward from Senegal, who, and I believe Out of the Putnam Science Academy in Connecticut. Well, he was a. This is well. Go ahead. He was committed to Rutgers, so it goes right. by the name of Baye Ndongo. I believe I'm saying that right. I if I'm not, so. I apologize. He was committed to Rutgers. He decommitted as prospects are wont to do. Well, especially when one of your key coaches at Rutgers leaves to join Damon Stoudemire's staff, right? That's the that's the UConn guy, and I messed up his name. Carl Hobbs. Yeah, there Carl Hobbs. Carl Hobbs was a was a was the key recruiter and assistant at. At Rutgers. I believe so. Yeah. So, yes, he held he held a pretty good offer sheet. Had offers from Arizona State, Nebraska, and Colorado. So he definitely had some of those teams sort of in the Midwest, Pac-12 area looking at him. Uh, but he did. He is coming to Georgia Tech. He is 6'10", 220 pounds. According to the 24-7 composite, he's a top 120 player in this 2023 class. Considered the 27th best power forward. Um, he's got a, he's already 220, right? At the age of 18, 19, that's a pretty good build to be building upon. And if you get him in a college program, you can add 15 pounds of muscle pretty easily. You could be looking at a 240 kid within a year or two. So I don't know how much he'll play this year, but it looks like a decent little upside play for the Yellow Jackets. All right. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to basically kind of set the roster. Let's go through, let, if you'll allow me, I'm going to go through a list of names. I'm sure I'll butcher a name or two, and I might even miss one because I'm the alum who's a little older and remembers when Mark Price played. So anyway, uh, I'll go through the names of the roster, and then Joshua, what I'd like to do is you and I, let's just have a conversation. I'll let you kind of give your thoughts, your feelings. We've, we've talked about it a couple of times during this process, but it looks like it's pretty much all the way done. So the four main returning players from last year's team are Lance Terry, Kyle Sturdivant, Debo Coleman, and now Miles Kelly. Arguably four of the best players from last year's team. Definitely four, and uh, mostly guards. I think Debo's kind of a combo. You also have Braden Daniels and Emmer Nichols, who were end of the bench guys, who are still on the roster. You have Amare Abram, Ebenezer Dewanu, Kowasi Reeves. You have the new freshman that you just mentioned, and then you also have Tafare Gapare, Tafara Gapare, who played at UMass as a freshman, Tyshawn Claude, who is coming in as a senior from East Carolina, Jalen Forrest, James Forrest Kid, and, and then you just mentioned by by Ndongo. So that is basically your roster at this point. Joshua, first impressions of what Damon Stoudemire has put together here. This is going to be a, a relatively athletic team. That's for sure. The athleticism, I believe, has been stepped up. Um, Amari Abram, first of all, I like the fact that it, it's a lot of young guys too, so not a ton of these guys are going to be leaving school after this year. Um, Ebenezer is a senior, as is Kyle Sturdivant and Lance Terry, so you've got some older heads. And I believe Tyshawn. Tyshawn Claude yeah. as well, sorry. That's so you've, right. got, you've, got some, you've got some veterans, but it's it, – it's looking more and more like what Josh Pastner always claimed he wanted, where you've got the older guys, but then you've also got 
Debo and Miles who can come back for another year. You've got Amari Abram and Kowasi Reeves who have only been in college for a year or two themselves. Mm-hmm. Jalen Forrest is going to be a rising sophomore. Um, so there's a lot of – And you um, even got a freshman. Gapare is a rising sophomore. sophomore. And you even who, got a freshman out of you've got a freshman. Class. So you've got – it's a lot of different experience levels. And mm-hmm. I, the level of athleticism, I believe, has really been stepped up. So Kowasi Reeves is a high flyer. Amari Abrams a good athlete. Um, we already know that you know Lance Terry can get up when he wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tafar Gapare is a borderline point forward. That was his the mo coming out of high school. And then you've got uh, you've the big thing that I'm noticing is is this is the tallest team of yes. tech that we've seen in years. You know, I, jo, I I'll defend Passner, but Passner always only had like one big man, he, right. and for most of his run, it was a power forward who was six eight masquerading as a center. But now you've got six ten Ebenezer. 6'10 Tafara, 6'8 Tyshawn, 6'10 Baye. You know, there's there's a lot of size. Even your point guards with Kyle Sturdivant being 6'3, the shortest guy on your team is going to be Lance Terry at 6'2. Right. It's I, I'm enjoying that. I much prefer size. Yeah, I think they're going to be because yeah, and you talked about Tyshawn is is what 6'8, I think you said or 6'8, 240. But, but he he plays I think this team is going to play tougher. And not to say that last year's team wasn't tough. I just think they were so outmatched physically. Well, they were playing Debo as a four. Right. And I like Debo, but Debo's not a four. And and I think this is going to be a team that isn't going to be as outmatched. Now, it is the ACC, and I don't think they're like going to dominate people physically. But they're at least, if, you, if they get pushed around, they're going to be able to stand their ground a little better. And they might even be able to push back a little better. I think this is going to be a team that runs a lot. I think they are going to up the tempo massively from what what Josh did. And I think on top of that, I think you're going to see a massive shift in play that Damon is a big analytics guy, but he's a former NBA pro of over a decade. And I think you're going to see more of an NBA style of motion offense, I think you're going to see a lot, lot of screen more, and roll. A lot of too. screen and roll. I think you're going to you're going to have. While we, I don't think we have anybody that is a top notch go get your shot playmaker. You do have, but you know, you had Miles Kelly as kind of the only guy who could do that. Kyle could put his head down and muscle people at times, and Lance had some athletic ability going to the hole and kind of slashing. But I think you add in Amari Abram and Kwesi Reeves mainly, but also Gapare potentially. I think you've got a lot more guys who are going to drive and dish more. Yeah. And so it's going to be very interesting to watch. I know online a lot of the commentary is very positive. I think a lot of people like the hire, and a lot of people are kind of expecting. You know, I've even seen a couple people. Hey, watch out! This team could compete you know, really compete and surprise people in the ACC. Here's my take, which is going to sound very both sides of my mouth, but I am an optimist. I believe this is going to be a long work in progress over next season. What I want to see is how quickly this team can come together because while we did improve physically, I don't think we are going into the season scaring a lot of people. But if you add any kind of teamwork, fluidity, and and keep some level of the defensive potential, this could be a team that at least competes. 
middle of the pack, upper end of the, you know, little bit more than halfway up the league would be a reasonable good goal for a reasonable fan. Now, if I was coach, you you want to win. You want to, you know, hey, this, yeah. is, this is how we're going to be the top of the ACC. But I'm going in going, let me, sh- let me see this team get better and let's get in the mix of the ACC in the top half of the league. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, speaking on the defense part, like this, that's where the size comes in, right? I mean, you've right. Most of the Amari Abram is going to be a shutdown guy, but it's a lot better having a six foot four guy out there as one of your point guards as opposed to you know you're running a bunch of six two six three guys out there. Um, you know, for everything, Davon was was a great athlete, but Davon was always kind of playing like shooting guard, and he's like six three. Yeah, right. So the length is really going to help, especially with the beef down low. You got. Guys like Claude. I mean, Ebenezer has shown an ability to block shots at NC State. Uh, Tyson Claude's a, a, a thick guy. He'll he'll push back on anybody trying to post up. Um, Gopare has a chance to kind of be a, a help side monster. We'll see what happens. Again, there's there's going to be a lot of development that has to happen. It's a blank slate. I can't tell you that I expect anything from this team because I have no idea. There's so much turnover. and Everybody's going to be playing a new role in a new offense. There's, there's very little that's staying the same with this team. I do know... I like the fact we have a little bit more shooting. Shooting is always good. Right. And and here's this is the other thing I want to see. This is the one thing, and I'm sorry, we are gonna compare, we are gonna compare to to Josh. He was here for seven years, and he he did build some things. He he had some success. But here here's what I want to see. For for seven years, I never saw more than six or seven players really contribute. And that's what part of the reason why we played the way we did. We had to slow the game down, grind it out, yada, yada. I'm looking at this roster, and I know at the very beginning we're going to see nine or ten players play. I want to see if this is going to be a team that plays eight, nine, ten guys. If there are three or four guys that get serious minutes, get more than six minutes a game. If we're playing nine, eight, nine, ten guys more than 10 minutes a game, then that's going to tell me that Coach Stoudemire feels like he's gotten a deep enough roster. That means he believes he has matched the talent that was left of the top four players with these four or five guys that he brought in, and he's going to get some minutes out of them. Now, maybe not all of them, but again, more than six, more than seven, and those guys off the bench getting more than five or six minutes, giving somebody a spell. Because I'd like to see, so let's talk about the four guys that are left. I'd like to see how good Miles Kelly and Debo Coleman and and Lance can be when they get to rest. Yeah, yeah. when Lance doesn't have to play 40 minutes a night. Right, I'd like to see that. Because the only stretch, good stretch we had was when he, you know, after the losing streak, he just went to five guys basically, and he had one guy off the bench for spot minutes, and it was just these are my five best. This is the only way I'm going to win. I want to see us win some ACC games with eight, nine guys giving minutes because if he can do that, that's already a step in the right direction. You will have improved this team, Joshua. I'll say this too: it's very, very early, and I saw two different little articles doing things we love, which is way too early predictions in the ACC. And oh, you got to love it. Give me the grade of the post of the postseason or the transfer portal. And so I saw two very different commentaries 
when and they were both doing lists and I know when you do a list you got to cover every single team and they give they can't go in depth the way I follow every single thing that happens at Tech but I thought it was interesting one of them basically said hey coach Stoudemire off to a good start made a lot of changes we're not expecting a lot because this team was already bad and it's not like they brought in any top notch players so they already said ah we think they'll basically saying they're going to finish around 13th or 14th in the league. I saw the other article, which basically said that they saw from what was brought in and given Stoudemire's past and his his coaching chops, hey, if things go right, Tech could surprise some people. So two very different opinions, which I think it's fair to say because we have absolutely no idea what systems he's going to put in place, how well will the analytics work, yada, yada, yada. Any other thing to rant on before we wrap it up? We don't know. There, there is, there is little information. This team is on paper, and guess what? The games are not played on paper. They sure are fun to talk about they on paper. Sure. Well, that's that's how we have jobs. <laughs> but um, I like the idea behind a lot of what we've seen David do. Right? I like the idea of bringing in a lot of the guys, and I like the fact that he's brought in plenty of guys who. Probably won't play major minutes. They Hopefully you can get 10 to 15 out of them. But the idea is we can grow these guys. And then with some of the other older guys, we can potentially win some basketball games. I can see this team, you know, if everything breaks right, but that would require, you know, Kowasi Reeves playing up to his prospect pedigree, Tyshawn Claude's production carrying over to the ACC, Ebenezer Duonu having a, a breakout that we never saw at NC State, Miles Kelly growing as a player, Debo Coleman upping the three-point, a whole lot of things going right. This team could definitely get into the top half of the ACC. But guess what? All of those things aren't going to go right because they never do. So we'll, I'm looking forward to seeing training camp. I would looking forward to hearing some reports about what kind of system we're seeing from Damon. How is he going to structure the defense? Is he going to get a lot of buy-in on that end, right? I mean, that's that's. I think that's the hardest thing to get, especially with some college kids, right. is is defensive buy-in. And coming from the NBA, he knows how hard it is to get defensive buy-in from players. So I'm I'm excited to see what he's done. I we won't really have. I don't have. A, I won't have a full opinion on Damon Stoudemire until after his first season. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's wrap this little show up. We talked a little bit longer than I thought on basketball. I want to remind everybody you can get a hold of the show by emailing joshuajulian26 at outlook.com, joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Let us know what you think. I do want to give one last little shout-out. Friend of show, Rick, who has been a friend of show from day one, his son actually attends Tech and plays for the lacrosse club team. They are not a scholarship or NCAA team. They are a club team. But they did make it to the second round of the national tournament, and they won the region tournament. They lost in the second round to the team from Concordia, which is a small private school that apparently is very good at lacrosse on the club well, level. it's a small private school. And they won the national tournament of the club level of lacrosse. But Georgia Tech made it to the national tournament, won the regions, actually beat South Carolina, who won the national championship last year and had beaten Tech in the national championship finals last year of club lacrosse. So pretty good season for the club lacrosse team at Tech, so we salute you, gentlemen. Sound since day one-ish. <laughs> so, for Joshua, the fan, this is Stephen, the alum, saying to hell with you.